spent so many years in middle management, so many years of being part of mass layoffs because business was bad, telling those that remained that they'd have to work that much harder for the same pay because we're all in this together, the company line. Um, meanwhile, the executives above me are receiving record bonus after record bonus. Calgary seeing the most massive layoffs in the city's history. And the success of the Ferrari dealership prompted the opening of a Lamborghini dealership. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Just Life podcast over drinks series. Today I am joined by Eric Hytonen, president and founder of Mobile Detailing Specialists and one of the first interprovincial detailing companies. Him and his team are tasked with the care and attention of what most consider their second most valuable asset. Now, when I think about it, I am very grateful for my vehicle. In fact, I love my vehicle. It gives me and my family an incredible level of freedom and autonomy to experience the world around us. Now, in full disclosure, I didn't realize just how important my vehicle was to me until I had the conversation with Eric. In fact, I would wager most of us who own vehicles take it for granted, but not Eric. And that's what's been keeping him and his people going, creating, figuring it out. Auto detailing is not a sexy industry. So how do you get people to buy into the dream that Eric sees so clearly? Like all of us, there are unique lessons and experiences Eric's acquired over time, and he shares what's worked and what hasn't through his journey, what's kept him going, and what he had to get out of his way if he was to succeed as a leader in this changing environment and highly commoditized industry. Enjoy the show. My name is Eric Hytonen. I am the president and director of operations of Mobile Eco Detailing Specialists which is a mobile detailing company. We uh, have our, we started off in Calgary, Alberta. We've since expanded to Kelowna, BC. Uh, I believe we're the first interprovincial mobile detailing company in the country. Uh, we're looking to expand on that further. Um, I've always been a big proponent of uh, entrepreneurship, um, even though I had some uh, experience with major international organizations and, and being part of that culture that helped foster my drive to be uh, an entrepreneur and self-employed. And the the journey, yeah, it's a fun one. It's had some ups and downs, but uh, you know what? I think it. I would do it all over again if given an opportunity. Uh, I really do believe that being a, an entrepreneur and being a an adaptive leader is much more the way of the future than the assembly line sort of jobs that we saw previously. The very vertically arranged hierarchical structures as uh, we're adapting uh, to a new business environment, we're going to see those get outdated. And it's going to be those that adopt a more horizontal structure and flexibility, uh, we're going to see those companies flourish. And I would love to have any part of anybody's success as they chase their own dreams. Back in high school, we were tasked with the challenge of what to do with landfills filling up with electronic waste. This is a this is sort of mid to late 90s, and it was a relatively new problem that they wanted as a thought exercise. How are you going to deal with all this electronic waste filling landfills? So what I did is I took it upon myself to make a working prototype 
of taking a CRT monitor and turning it into a functional fish tank, taking something that was destined for a landfill and turning it into something that could be more useful. I have to give credit to my father, who was a, a professor at, of business at both Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, and the Helsinki School of Economics in Finland. And he always had multiple bookcases full of business texts in, in the house. And uh, me being a bit of a, a nerd uh, and a bookworm, I immersed myself in them. I absorbed them. And, and, and high school flowed to university, which then flowed to an international career, which led to a profound understanding of the differences of being an employee versus an employer. I can't claim a single moment. It was more of a catalyst for determining what kind of leader I'd be and a string of moments for re-entering the entrepreneurial sphere. As everyone, I've had some poor bosses and managers and, and people that really shouldn't have been in their position kind of thing. And uh, every time I was berated, every time I was belittled, uh, I, I said to myself, I won't do this to somebody else. And, and that helped to form my leadership style. Those who are around you most often have a profound impact on the actions you take, the decisions you make, and how you show up. They can inspire you to grow or constrain you and keep you chained down. Whether it's family, friends, or your colleagues, they all bring a new variable in the equation of your life and how you show up in the world. And uh, as for the entrepreneur, I spent so many years in middle management, so many years of being part of mass layoffs because business was bad, telling those that remained that they'd have to work that much harder for the same pay because we're all in this together, you, the company line. Uh, meanwhile, the executives above me are receiving record bonus after record bonus. Calgary seeing the most massive layoffs in the city's history and the success of the Ferrari dealership prompted the opening of a Lamborghini dealership. Uh, it was perverse. It was perverse to me. So I decided that I would form my own company again, but one where the workers that brought in the revenues had their financial successes directly linked to the success of the company that they were helping to build. Yeah, sure. I could have been ultimately more profitable had I decreased employee compensation, but then I also decreased employee engagement. I feel like that's exactly where leadership style and business style intersect. We're all in this together. In the right context, this can be an empowering place to stand. In the wrong context, it continues to perpetuate what does not work in this world. Employee experience or EX has in itself become a big business. Organizations like Edelman, Habanero, Gallup are leading the narrative of what it takes to do right by those who are a direct contribution to your bottom line. Unless, of course, you're just looking for a quick fix strategy that only pays lip service to your people without actually doing the work to figure out what it is that they need and want to be successful. In which case, I would install that revolving door because no one you hire will stay there for long. You can't have a, a successful venture if you don't have an engaged workforce. If people are only engaged by strictly the dollar that they're making today with no vision of the future and no vision of tomorrow, then the the first hiccup, the first person that offers them a dollar more, they're, they're gone. So what, yeah, absolutely. So what you want to do is 
you want to, and this is again, I think a, a key difference between management and leadership is a leader will promote a vision and they'll share a vision. If people that are following this leader buy into the vision, it can do tremendous things. It can oversee lulls in business. It can oversee uh, challenges with competitors arising. But the first thing you have to do to achieve that buy-in from your workforce is you have to have them engaged in the vision. And what I was seeing before is if everyone is treated a, as a number in a cubicle, then they're not truly engaged. They're trying to find the way to make the most amount of money in the least amount of time, and, and they check out. But then the people who really do buy into the vision and want to see the company succeed because their fortunes and their futures are tied in with the success of the company, then you get a whole other level of engagement. I, I have to say that I think about that on a daily basis. It's not a thing where you sort of focus on it and then you you put it aside. You're looking ahead to the the software. Um, is the software you're using going to work? The tools and supplies, your staffing levels, your culture, your competitive set, your market analysis, your growth plans, what new services you're going to offer, how are you going to offer them? These are all aspects of the future. And if you can't visualize uh, what they're going to look like, I'm a very, very staunch supporter of the saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Eric distinguishes the difference between being a leader and managing people. Leadership is centered around a clearly defined vision that guides change, inspires human passion, and challenges us to grow into a new version of ourselves. Management is more focused on achieving organizational goals and capitalizing on opportunities through the effective implementation of systems and process. These are distinctly different, and our organizations need both of them. What I've been noticing so far in this conversation about leadership is how we do each. How do you do leadership? How do you show up as managers? Companies that focus single-mindedly on profits or outputs don't learn anything new. They'll struggle to innovate and therefore are less likely to thrive or even survive. We are moving into an arena that is shifting the focus from logic tactics and strategies and into a more intentional exploration of creativity and imagination. I know I've had people that have showed up to interviews with their list of references and particularly people that have been doing the, the whole song and dance of this is how an interview goes. They're really perplexed when they hand over their references and I say I, I won't be needing those. Well, anyone who's ever applied for a job has probably used their uncle, their aunt, their dog walker, their best friend as a reference. And that person's obviously not going to give a, you know, impartial review of the individual that's sitting before me. I need to find people with a we mentality versus people with a me mentality. Uh, because I find that when you have a team of we mentality people, you can take the approach of what's good for the company is good for all of us. 
Um, if you say this will get us more work, then they can see how they'll make more money. It's sort of a, a rising tide lifts all boats sort of analogy where we all are in this together and we all have our separate roles to make this company work. Uh, but are you going to be part of this in raising the entire company or are you in it for yourself? And you can tell a lot in interviews about even the, um, the pro pronouns where someone will talk about, well, in my past role, my team did this, whereas in a previous role, I did this. Um, in a previous uh, challenge that I had, uh, our team overcame this obstacle versus I came over overcame this obstacle and perhaps they did the do the lion's share of the lifting but if their mindset is already pre-wired to a team a we kind of mentality then that's the thing i can absolutely work with um i think that there are people who if given the the luxury of resources will say would be more we oriented but if they are strapped for resources we people will revert to a to a me uh position pretty quickly i mean um if you had you know if you were fully fed you had a loaf of bread and you saw someone on the side of the street that was hungry you would be more inclined obviously to share that bread with them than if you were starving yourself kind of thing. So I do think it's very much circumstantial. Um, so where someone might be me, a me person right now, that doesn't mean that intrinsically they are always going to be a me person. Um, and it's about finding the right people at the right time, I would say. The hardest thing I feel there is for a leader to do is to get a group of people to drop their barriers and shields and actually be willing and vulnerable to share their actual perspectives and ideas instead of going with the flow and not rocking the boat. But they will not even begin to entertain that idea if they're not seeing it happen in real time. So, you who are leading, who are you being? primary characteristics uh, of, a, of a leader over a manager is, is leading by example. If you're not willing to do that, you're never going to have full engagement from your team. I do not ever give direction to a task that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. That really brings up the we culture because he's not sitting there um, in an office, uh, air conditioned, you know, sipping teas or what have you he's you know in the trenches with us he's doing the dirty work he's doing the work that we don't even particularly want to do but he's doing it and i really think that that then raises the level of engagement across the across the board i think the key is being flexible and being willing to adapt I found that managers will say everyone is driven by this uh, same money uh, everyone's driven by money. We're going to show them how to make the most money. But you, you really, as a leader, should recognize that individuals have individual drivers. Perhaps they, that specific person is driven by financial compensation. Perhaps they're driven by uh, a desire to lead others in, in, in a new area, open a new franchise, uh, 
travel, you have to find out what their specific drivers are in order to really manage the talent you have. And then once you have that talent, you have to decide whether you have the right person and they're just not in their optimal role. A leader who is flexible and willing to adapt has to realize that sometimes you already have the right hire, but they're not in their optimal position. And are you willing to, to move some things around to keep that personality? People can develop new skills, but it's almost impossible to develop a new personality. So if you've got the personality right and you've got the individual right, maybe there's a way that you can move them within the organization to a position that best suits that skill set. How well do you know your people? How committed are you to actually get to know them? And it's fine if you're not committed, just don't claim that you are. And if you are committed to knowing your people, then go all in, be their mentor, watch them grow, be the person that they can count on as they strive for their own greatness. This also goes for what you're making available to your consumer base. You can't be everything to everyone. There's two kind of aspects that really sort of guided my, my leadership principles. And the first of which uh, from Mark Twain was do one thing, hard thing first, and the rest of the day will be improved. I found that the most difficult trait for me to develop personally was delegating tasks. And I say it's difficult because particularly when it's a sole proprietorship, there's this feeling of no one knows this better than I, or I can't trust anyone else with this responsibility. But the problem of being mirrored in this way of thinking, of course, is that it prohibits growth of the organization past anything beyond a sole proprietorship. You're never going to grow. So to grow, you must delegate. I'm very fortunate that we have built this team where from our shareholders uh, to our detailing specialists and everybody in between, they have been an incredible resource for me as a sounding board. I am not afraid to go to them and say, hey, I, I've got this idea. What do you guys think? And what if we did things this way? They are really receptive to that. They'll give me feedback. I think one of the things that absolutely helps you build credibility as a leader with your team is the humility to say, I don't know everything. I'm not an expert in all possible aspects. Tell me how you think this can be better. As leaders, our jobs need to be to help the, the people that are doing the, the fulfillment of the, of the task, help them have the best tools, the best training, the best supplies, the best chance for them to succeed, the best chance for them to do their job efficiently, safely, then everyone benefits from that, right? Building teams is not easy. Human beings are unpredictable, never mind our environment constantly changing. Nurturing the right culture is not easy. What was important at first shifts later. Building a strong brand and a strong reputation is not easy. The demand of the market can easily trap you into doing things that you're not interested in providing. However you look at the big picture, it's hard work. Get clear what's important to you and what you believe will make the difference. 
Get clear why you do what you do and how you do it. Build those foundations on purpose. Taking this action is in itself some of the hardest work to do as a leader. And you have a choice. We all do. We have to differentiate ourselves between the guys that are on, you know, Facebook and Kijiji and are charging, you know, 50 bucks and or a hundred dollars. And we're double that. And, and the customer who's looking at two side by side, well, what's the difference? Why am I paying more? Well, that was one of the things when I set out and started this company is I realized that if you're going to build your market position just on price, that's not very much. We decided to focus on value and professionalism with a premium feel instead of outright price. Because if your market goal is to be the cheapest, then you're intrinsically tied to the cheapest labor, the cheapest supplies, the cheapest tools. And if a competitor comes along and can do it for 10 bucks less, even if they ultimately go out of business, if they put themselves out of business from their pricing model, you've already lost your market position and you've lost your customers. It's funny, but sometimes the simplest answer is the right one. What I found is you say what you're going to do and when you say you're going to do it, it does separate you from your competitive set. Because as you mentioned, people are chasing the next dollar and and there's a lot of that. But if you're willing to forego the ultimate last possible dollar on the table, people will recognize that. Like I've noticed that uh, reasonable people don't expect everything to be perfect 100% of the time. If you explain why something wouldn't work and take that time, they'll appreciate that and come again. There's no certification process for being a, a, a detailer. There's no uh, guild. There's no red seal where people can say, I can trust these guys. They are professional. It's 100% based on your reputation. And when they see that we have the best interest of their second most valuable asset at heart, and we're not focused on making a few dollars at its expense, that's how we build trust. And they'll come back as return customers, they'll refer us. That's, I think, a key part of how we've been able to have this exponential growth over the last few years. If you promise the world, keep making audacious claims that no one can ever meet, you'll find yourself consistently under-delivering and creating more damage not only to your business, but to your industry as a whole. No one wins in the long run. This is distinct from innovation and trying new things. That should be kept as part of your internal growth strategy, not as part of your marketing. The real opportunity is to double down on what your organization is really good at. Begin the hard process of building a deep level of trust in what you know well, and then share that with others. When you do, you have the great privilege to have your market reputation expand to meet the demand of the value you bring. The right leadership changes everything. And for our next generation of game changers striving to achieve what is yet to be achieved, you must be willing to do what has never been done. So make ripples, lead the charge, create cool shit that shows others the way to be braver, brighter, and better than we were yesterday personally, you owe it to yourself. The more we come together more intentionally to support one another, the sooner we'll all find ourselves not just living, but contributing to the creation of the vibrant, connected communities that fuel dreams. It takes a certain leader to make this happen. 
So who comes to mind that you would like to hear from? Please let me know and I'll see what I can do to make it happen. Thanks so much for listening.